Uh, so this is Nazareth, way out in the country. A little bit like us. <laughs> Not quite in the heart of the big city. And every year, though, every year, his family traveled to Jerusalem in the south for the, for the various festivals. And one of the major festivals was the festival of Passover. So we're just going to read an account of what happened on this one occasion when Jesus was about 12 and they went to Jerusalem for the Passover. It's in Luke chapter 2. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was about 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him there. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And Jesus said, Why were you searching for me? Duh. Don't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then they went down to Nazareth, with the, uh, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And as Jesus grew up, he increased in wisdom and in favor with God and people. So this is the story we're just going to think about today. So every year, Jesus' family went up to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. This was a festival to celebrate God's great deliverance of his people from out of Egypt. Uh, you might remember that episode, uh, The Prince of Egypt, the, the movie that came out in the 90s was all about their escape, their rescue from Egypt. And every year, the Jewish people um, in the first century celebrated that occasion, that God had saved them from their enemies, that God had delivered them from slavery. And Jewish people around the world today still celebrate that festival, that great deliverance. So Jesus and his family, they're living in Nazareth, which is uh, some distance from Jerusalem, but not too far to travel once a year. So they leave their village, and probably about half the village would have left, and they probably would have traveled together in huge companies, safeties and numbers. numbers. So they left Nazareth and Galilee and went to Jerusalem with their friends and relatives. Now, uh, the route... Uh, probably was something like this. Um, I found it difficult to get a decent map of uh, ancient Israel, actually. And so this kid's version was the best version I could find. Uh, so Nazareth is up here in, in the region of Galilee. Now, there were basically two main ways you could get down to Jerusalem. You could go south through Samaria, 
But that was a bit tricky because there was not good relations between the Jews and the Samaritans in the first century. And there were groups of Jewish pilgrims going to Jerusalem in the first century who got uh, mugged on their way to Jerusalem. So it's possible they went that way and maybe that's why they went in a large group. But it's it's more likely that they would have travelled down through the valley to the River Jordan, this is the River Jordan, and crossed the Jordan away from Samaria and travel down on the eastern side of the river, and then crossed back to Jericho, and then traveled up through the winding hills up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was at a high point in the, in this, in the region. That would have taken... Now, um, one of the ancient writers says it t- takes about three days to get from Galilee to Jerusalem, but he was probably traveling on a horse. Uh, so this, could, with families and with children, uh, I'm guessing it might have taken a five or six days to travel that distance. So this was, you know, a big, t- big time of the year. They would have been travelling together, spent at least a week in Jerusalem, hanging out and having fun, and they probably would have camped outside the city because ancient sources said the city got so full at these times of the year that there were just not enough places to stay. So many people set up tents outside the city. And maybe that's why Jesus was so familiar with the Mount of Olives. He probably camped out on the hillside there with his friends and family every year and got to know the people living in the area. Uh, So they left Nazareth and they went down to Jerusalem. Now the temple itself must have looked absolutely amazing to some kid from the country. Here's probably what it looked like um, in the first century. I'm, I'm sorry we don't have uh, clear... Maybe if we can get some lights off, that might help a little bit. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, it was huge. It's huge by comparison um, with ancient Nazareth. This is the ter- temple that Herod the Great built. And the only parts of it surviving today are the foundations. And this part here is where the Wailing Wall is today in Jerusalem. The top of the temple, the top walls, all the colonnades, this is, these are the main courts around the temple. Uh, the stoa or basilica where probably all the money exchanges were happening and the animals were being collected. Um, all of this has gone. And the temple itself, this part in the centre, that is actually the temple itself. And in here you have the court of Israel, then a court of the priests, and then the Holy of Holies there. But all of this is the temple courts. And teachers used to hang around in these colonnades and they would sit there and they'd have audience and basically you could have lessons. <laughs> uh, and Jesus taught there in the temple too when he was an adult. Uh, there was one colonnade, it's called Solomon's Colonnade. I'm not sure which one that is. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows. But uh, basically they are all around here. And we've got a few more pictures. Um, this is a model of the Temple Mount from Jerusalem today. They've, based, uh, they've reconstructed this based on ancient sources and on archaeology. So here again you've got the Holy of Holies, the Court of the Priests, the Court of Israel, and the massive big temple courts here. Uh, all of this was built by Herod the Great. So it would have just been um, very impressive for a little kid from a tiny little town with a few, you know, few streets and houses. Uh, Actually, we'll have a quick look at the next one as well while while we're here. So here's a closer look of the most holy place. So Jesus arrives with his friends and family. But after the temple, uh, sorry, after the festival, instead of returning to Nazareth, 
Jesus decides to stay in the temple. Now you might be tempted to think, how on earth could Jesus' parents leave the city and not know that their son was missing? Well, how could they possibly not check? I mean, you know, I, I am a school teacher sometimes, um, and one of the things when we go on trips is we count heads because sometimes there's so many people you just can't make sure everyone is there. So you just take a number and you count heads. You know, how could they not see that there was a head missing? Um, even though they were travelling with friends and relatives. But again, if, if half the town was out, well, it, it's understandable, especially because he was part of an extended family. He would know all the relatives. He would know all the villagers. He's probably hanging out with other people all the time. Oh, can I sleep in so-and-so's tent tonight? Um, oh, so-and-so's going up to the temple today. Can I go with them? And he would have been coming and going all week, hanging out with friends and families and relatives, and he was probably, I mean, you know, he's Jesus, a pretty dependable boy. And so his parents probably just never imagined that he would take off on the day that they were about to leave. But anyway, he did. And they, they travelled an entire day before they realised he's not here. And they start looking among their friends and relatives. Well, you know, if you're a parent, I, you can imagine just how... Uh, how frantic you would be, thinking, where's our boy? And raced off back to Jerusalem and hunting down, and it took them three days to find them. They must have been beside themselves. Perhaps they thought he'd been kidnapped. This was not a safe time in Israel. By this time, um, Herod the Great had, had come and gone. Uh, his son, Archelaus, who was also called Herod, he was exiled by the stage. Uh, at, by the time Jesus was 12, Judea was under direct Roman rule. And every year at festivals, at Passover times, Roman soldiers would park themselves on the side, above the colonnades around the temple courts. They would spread themselves out, watching the events and making sure there were no uprising. Um, this was a time when Judea was under foreign rule. It would not have been safe for Jesus to be by himself. So they must have been desperate. Anyway, they finally find him. Um, in the temple court, sitting among the teachers. And that's the teachers that knew about the sacred scriptures, that were fully versed in the Old Testament texts. And he's asking them questions, and he's listening to what they're saying. And he's uh, also surprising them with some of the answers he gives. And his mother finds him and says, Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. You know... Sometimes kids do things that cause us a lot of trouble and worry. But it's not always just because they're being naughty. Sometimes they're just being who they are. They're just doing what God has made them to do. Uh, of course, sometimes they are naughty. Uh, but sometimes, and it's hard to be a parent sometimes, because it, it can still cause us a lot of worry and trouble. Um, but this is really what's going on with Jesus. This is about who he is and what he believes he's called to do. This is not about him trying to give his mum and dad a hard time. Jesus says, why were you searching for me? And that might seem like a really odd question. It's like, what? Of course we're searching for you. You've been gone at least four days now. One day they were searching while they were travelling, and then another day, um, three days, they're searching in the city. It's like... What? Why are we searching for you? You're only 12 for crying out loud. 
Um, it's clear that Jesus thought his parents would realize why he's supposed to be there. Now, what might have given him that idea? Jesus was at the age when boys began to be apprenticed to their fathers. And we know that when Jesus grew up, he was a carpenter or a tectone, as I said, that's the Greek word, a worker in wood or stone or, or leather. And he would have learnt that skill probably from his father, Joseph. However, Jesus was also the son of God, the second person of the Trinity. So he says to his parents, didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business or in my father's house? Um, the Greek there is a little bit ambiguous. It, it literally means, didn't you know I had to be in or about the things of my father? So it's a little bit tricky to know, well, how do we translate it? But in my father's house or about my father's business are probably too valid. I mean, you could maybe even think, well, maybe both are implied by the way he's answered this question, asked this question. It is clear from Jesus' response that he thought that he was now at the age where he needed to become apprentice to God, his father. That he needed to start to dedicate himself to the work of his father, learning the scriptures, learning about God his Father, learning about the, the history of his people and learning what, what God was calling him to do. And what better place to do that than in the temple with the teachers. Nonetheless, Jesus was still young. He was only 12. Uh, he still had a lot of growing up to do. So he returned with his parents to Nazareth and he learned to be a carpenter. And perhaps the scene looked something like this. Oh, no, that's in, Jesus in the temple. <laughs> um, well, actually, we don't. It's not really Jesus, but someone who might have looked a bit like Jesus. And now this is um, two people working a wood. This is actually um, a scene taken from Nazareth Village today. Uh, there's a place in Nazareth where they've tried to reconstruct a little bit of what Nazareth would have been like in the first century. And so there are pe people that uh, wear period costume and uh, engage in some of the activities. So it might have looked something like this as Jesus was growing up. Um, but even while he's being an apprentice to his father, it's clear from his later life that Jesus must also have been continuing to learn the scriptures, study the scriptures. Um, and he probably spent time observing human behavior, thinking about things, thinking about God the Father and what he's really like thinking about what is God has called his, for, for his people, thinking about his own calling, what has God called him to do. And Luke writes that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in faith, favor with God and people. So that by the time he set out to do the work of his father in heaven, when he was about 30 years old, uh, the work of calling people back to God and healing the sick and teaching people about the kingdom of God by that time, Jesus knew who he was, what God the Father was like, and what God was calling him to do. Uh, this is a time of year for us when we can usually pause from our busy schedules and our normal routines. It's a time um, when we can reflect on our lives and on our choices and on the year ahead. This is a really good time for us when we can stop and we can think, well, where am I with Jesus and God the Father? Um, 
Who do I even think God is like? Uh, Do I think of him as a great judge? Or do I think of him as a supreme dictator in the sky? Uh, What do I think God is like? You know, uh, one of Jesus' friends asked him that question. And Jesus said, well, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He said to Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. God the Father is like Jesus. Jesus is the express image of God the Father. God God as a human being. This is what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, read about Jesus. Learn about Jesus. God is like Jesus. Uh, Jesus would, um, oh, this is also a time when we can be thinking, um, what is God maybe calling me to do? Uh, Jesus spent those days in the temple learning, and he must have continued to do that as he was growing up. So the, uh, one question is, well, how much time do we give to learning about God? You know, we live in an age where we have some highly skilled and highly educated people, educated in business, in engineering, um, in all sorts of occupations. But we're in an age where we have people, believers in God, who are undereducated in the things of God. This is a really good time of the year, you know, when we're out of, out of our busy routines to stop and think, well, how much time do I really give to seek God, to learn about God and what he might be calling me to do? Sorry, I don't mean that to be like a, a downer or anything because, I mean, I, I actually really don't know any of you. But there may be some of you here that are thinking, I know for myself, I have not spent enough time with God over the last year. Other things have sort of taken that time and, and I've let that happen. And I know that I need to get back into the practice of spending at least some time with God every day, some time reading his scriptures, listening to him every day. And I've been really bad at this. So, And I'm sure that there are probably others of you that are in that situation. Um, some of you may be at that point in life where you're about to move into a new phase. Perhaps you're about to go to a new school. Some of you will be going into a new class for sure. Um, perhaps you might be moving into a new job. Or maybe you're in a period of transition and you're not quite sure actually what's going to come next. Uh, Or maybe you're about to start university, some of you. Or maybe you've just finished and thinking, crikey, now what do I do? Um, This is a really good time to stop and, and ask God and spend time with God and seek him as to the next phase of life and to be equipped for the next phase of your life. So how about um, we finish there, but we'll just pause and pray for a moment. And um, let's just seek God together, shall we? And um, see how God might um, speak to us and minister to us this morning. This morning. How about we stand, eh?